cliffcentral.com. Ed, it is five minutes past 12. I'm Pumi Mashekho and you're tuned into Womanda as we do it every Wednesday and we're talking everything to do with fabulous girl power, woman power, especially because this past Sunday on the 8th of March was International Women's Day. And in 2015, International Women's Day's UN theme was empowering women, empowering humanity. Picture it. I think the picture it thing was because of Social networks are everywhere now. So the picture, it is definitely all about that. But governments and activists around the world were commemorating the 20th anniversary of the Beijing Declaration and the platform of action and, and on a very, very historic roadmap that set the agenda for realizing women's rights. The International Women's Day theme for 2015 is Make It Happen with a dedicated hashtag, hashtag Make It Happen. So that's this past Sunday. That's the Beijing Declaration was in 1995. I put up on one of my social networks um, this past week that I was actually only 15 years old. That's 20 years ago. I was 15 years old. I'd never even heard the words women empowerment or women power. I mean, South Africa at the time was going through a whole lot of its own empowerment issues. But here at home, we also have our own Women's Day and a lot of people probably thinking, why are you talking about International Women's Day? It's March because our Women's Day is on the 9th of August. And that day was actually set to commemorate the 1956 March of more than 20,000 women of all races when they marched to the union buildings in protest of the past laws being extended to include women. It's at this march that the world... The world first heard the Nguni slogan, Watinta Bafazi, Watintin Bogoto. We all know that. You strike a woman, you strike a rock. But you got that, yeah? 20 years since Beijing, 59 years since the Union Buildings March. Lots and lots of time has passed. And have we made good on any of the promises, the demands, the declarations, and, and, and? I think it's one of the things that we talk about all the time. As I said, I'm Pumima Shekho. You can join the conversation on directly into the studio on 0861-555-189 or you can Twitter us, Instagram us, Facebook us or WeChat on at cliffcentral.com on at pumimashekho01. Before I introduce my guest to you, I thought I should share with you something. A couple of weeks ago, it was Davos, the World Economic Forum. And former Deputy President of South Africa... Ms. Pumzilem Lambongoka is now the executive director of the UN. And she's been all over the networks, over the, the social networks over the past couple of weeks with a viral clip where she has a, a short disagreement with the prime minister of uh, Norway about quotas and women's rights and parity and gender parity. And she had a short disagreement with the minister. And that sounded a little bit like this. And, and, and prime minister uh, Salberg, I, I know that Many young women and women mm. in your country, actually, the, the notion of quotas is really mm. anathema to them. Yeah, we don't have quotas into, uh, into the parliament, but some of the political parties have. Uh, but, uh, there, and then we have quotas on, on all types of committees that is established. Scrutinies and all of that, that, that is not directly elected. There have to be at least 40% of, of each uh, gender. And there is a 50% well, there's a balance in the cabinet, uh, same number of men and women. But we have a women prime minister and a women's finance minister. So we say, well, if you look at the powers, it, women have more power. <laughs> Don't tell the other ministers I said this. Um, 
It's um, but but there is a there is a reaction when I meet young people in Norway, young girls, university students, and there are sixty percent of the universities now that are women. Um, they don't want to be quoted. They say that I want to be elected as me with my qualifications based on my merit. I don't want anybody to say she was elected because she was a woman. And that is a balance you have to find in a way. Maybe we have moved so far that it's more, much more natural to have women in all types of position that now there will be a reaction that is just sex that decided, not your individual competences. Because sometimes I think you will find men who get not elected to somebody saying, oh, that was because I'm a man. Uh, maybe it was because the girl was better than him, but it's easier to say it's uh, because we are not representing uh, the sex. Mm. But it's, it's a challenge. I'm an old-fashioned feminist. I think, you be, I, think you as a, I think you as a politician also represents a bit your gender because there are different issues in politics between men and, and women. But I think you, you should also listen to the young voices that say that we want to be in a situation where we are your own merits, your own talent, your own achievements that should, um, should be the focus. Uh, by the way, we're taking... context. Go ahead. It's a, it's a Norwegian context. The playing field is relatively leveled. Mm -hmm. There are many countries where the girls and women have their back against the wall so much that without special measures, it's actually impo impossible just to foot, put the foot in the door. Ideally, uh, everybody should make it on their own merit. And I'm sure many countries will reach where Norwegian has reached but uh, there are countries where it is absolutely difficult. But it's wonderful that you, women in Norway are able to take full advantage of their context and their situation. But I don't think this is something that you could deal with as a one-size-fits-all. Well, how do you feel about quotas in general? Do you think they're necessary in countries that are not as progressive? Well, for instance, the fact that uh, uh, we have so underperformed on representation of women in politics. I mean, look, Rwanda just sticks out. We are only at 22% of women representation in parliaments. And it's taken us 20 years to actually just move by 10%. And at the rate at which we are going, it's going to take us 50 years to reach gender parity. Come on. Mm -hmm. a, a child born during divorce 2015 will be 50 before there's gender parity in the world. Will be 80 until there's gender parity in, in, in the economy. Without extra measures, without the kinds of things that Paul is doing in his company, can we just imagine how slow that will be? I think I look at the people in this room. I'm sure we all don't want the space. So there's got to be something that we could do that is extraordinary to push forward. Cliffcentral.com there has got to be something extraordinary for us to push forward. The voices you were hearing there is uh, Ms. Erna Solberg, who is the Prime Minister of Norway. And she's actually only one of 13, 13 women heads of state around the world. And so for her, the gender parity in her country, they've moved a lot. So I invited 
a very dear friend of mine. And as you know, on the show, I never, never call people by titles when they come on the show. But on the show today, my guest is Mama Melita. And when I asked her how would she like me to introduce her, she said as a gender activist. Because I think we can listen to the women in power. We can listen to the prime ministers, the executive directors. The We can listen to the professionals and the doctors and everybody writing their thesis and papers and reports. But it's important to know what's happening on the ground. Mama Melita Marima, when I first met her all those many years ago, when I was a teenager at uh, about 15 years old, it was Beijing was the word. And in 1995 in South Africa, in Soweto, um, as a teacher, she's one of the women that for me always stood out as a woman sending out, holding out um, the beacon and the shining the light on the possibilities that can be achieved with gender parity. Mama Melita, thank you for coming and joining me today. Thank you, Melita. So first I want to know, Jorge, as a woman, as a black woman in South Africa, for you as a gender activist, how far have we come from all the work that you do? How far do you think we have come in the 20 years since Beijing? Do we come from far? We come from far and I've been in the struggle ever since. And my passion has been on women empowerment. And during my struggle as a unionist, I served on the committee of gender. It was women affairs in the, in the beginning, but later it was turned to be gender desk in the union where I served, professional educators union. And I served as the chairperson of gender. And during that time, I experienced a lot of hardships that women were struggling with within my own union, within my own community and South Africa at large to realize that we still have a long way to go because I think the mistake that was done when we came back from Beijing. So just for, for some of, for some of us youngsters <laughs> in Beijing, in Beijing in 20, in 2000, 2020. In 1995, in Beijing, there was a women's conference mm -hmm. organized by UN Women. Oh. Uh, and this, this conference was the fourth conference on gender and in, in particular on women's issues. And mm -hmm. this conference, a declaration was signed at this conference. And the declaration was really about recognizing women's rights as human rights, mm -hmm. was about eradicating poverty by educating women. Yes. It was about giving equal opportunity to women as we were given to men. So there were a lot of very new at the time. In 1995, I mean, we, we all know about all sorts of feminists and we think, oh, feminists bra burning crazy <laughs> women who want to be men. But that was a landmark or a, a, on the roadmap to women's equality. Uh, to gender equality, it was one of the, the watershed moments mm -hmm. because the entire UN adopted that, that declaration. And it was one of those in the middle of China. And I remember seeing even Molokeshning, I used to, I put on my Facebook the other day, or even Molokeshning, you'd suddenly hear boys saying, I see more Beijing more. Yes. When the woman's got, you know, when you, when you're speaking out, mm -hmm. they'd then say, I see more Beijing more. Yeah. And so Beijing was, was that, change over mm -hmm. in terms of recognizing women's rights. Yeah. So you were saying the mistake we made when we came back from Beijing. We were very angry and we were rushing for the changes overnight. And I think that is one of the problems that I personally recognize, that we didn't give a chance to our male counterparts 
to accept that we want to be at parity with them. We were not, we didn't want to take over, but we wanted to play a part to make South Africa a better country where both parties were working in harmony. In 1995, um, South Africa was just getting used to the idea of racial equality. Yes. Do you think that that changeover of the, the racial equality and then simultaneously the, the women, the gender equality, the women's um, agenda became too much too soon? I think that is what I'm trying to, to, to allude to, that we were now in our democracy and we're still grappling with the issues of race. And here we come as women saying, we want to be part of this wonderful democracy. So in dealing with all those issues, it was very difficult for, for people to, to see the thin line that here are women, all colors, but especially black women who were suffering the triple oppression. For you living in the township, what were, what, what have been the landmark changes that that begin to show that there's been a shift for women's equality in society. To see women coming together and dealing with their issues, addressing what they actually were worried about, especially the issue of poverty, how to empower women to be self-sustainable. So that, 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 that was one of the landmarks that I actually observed as a woman in the township, especially black townships. Working now with the government, and earlier you were showing me um, the report, the, the, the South African report on what's been done um, since Beijing. I mean, it, it's quite impressive, and I've been reading so many things about what's happened all over the world, and there's very little, actually, as, as uh, Mam Pumzile was talking earlier, is that actually in a, in a lot of countries, even the worldwide, if you aggregate it, the pace of change has been excruciatingly slow. Working as you do with, um, with, within government, within unions, in, in your profession and in the community that you work in, what are the things we could be changing faster? I think the issue of the attitude. If we begin to realize that we come from a very hostile background and we need to, in, in our aggression, to be accommodative and know that it, it, it's going to be a process. But whilst we are looking at process, we should also think of the time frames. Mama Melita, is this the attitude of women that you're talking about? When you're saying our attitude, is it the attitude of women or the attitude of men? The attitude of both. Okay. The men who wouldn't want to give us space. And we always complain about uh, pull head down syndrome. And in my opinion, I think we, we think somebody owes us something. And the reality is nobody owes us, owes us anything. We need to fight for our space. And the little space that is there, we all want to grab the space. So whilst we are trying to occupy the managerial positions, they are very limited. So when one woman comes up, everybody feels she wants to be to that act could like have a been man. Me. 
mm. and that could have mm. been me. Mm. So we, we, we need to realize that we are fighting for a very limited space. So we need to come up with sisterhood system to hold hands and say, here is Pumi coming up. Let us hold hands and make sure that she gets into that leadership position so that our issues are not going to be swept under, under the carpet. Because if few women are there in the leadership, changes are going to be very slow. So we need to make sure that right, ready women are out there to come and deal with our issues and we need to support one another. And the attitude of men? The attitude of men is that they, they, they are so fearful. They think we are there to take their positions. We want to put on trousers and we are saying it's not like that. We want to work together like, you know, the, 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 the melody of piano. The black and white uh, notes, keys. When you strike them, the harmony is so good. So when we come together in leadership positions and we work with them, we are going to make our country a better place for our children. Speaking of children, as an educator, um, and for me as a mother, what and a mother to a boy, what are what are some of the things that we can begin to to teach? each other, our children, to allow us to begin to change our attitudes? You know what? We have been doing a lot of work, good work, but in most cases, putting our men aside. You know, we wanted to act like, have you seen an an atlas carrying the whole world? (laughs) We want to do everything on our own. And men feel very much left out. So if we can work together with our men, We know at the moment the reality is most of the households are being led by single mothers. So the lack of the father figure within the upbringing of a child becomes problematic. A child needs to have a father figure, whether it being a girl or a boy. So we need to go back to our basics where a child will always be having a father figure. If I am a single mother or if my husband has died, the uncles will be there to take care of my boy child and my girl child. And talking about so single families, single, single mother families, this is a mother who I, I, I think I'm a feminist and, and, and I don't think I'm, I'm kind of aggressive and out there because I, I believe that women need to have the same opportunities as men. However, the the struggle, I think one of the struggles, especially young women such as myself, who are not as confident in having those tough conversations with our partners, so with our husbands, with our boyfriends, with our lovers, unable to have the tough conversations that say, I'm not taking over your space. What is your space? versus my space when we talk about gender equality. When we talk about gender equality, I've seen wonderful work, wonderful behavior from the young couples. I've got a, a son who is 29. And I, I've seen the relationship between him and my daughter-in-law. They are bringing up their child in such harmonious situation where he takes over when 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 my daughter-in-law has gone out for 
women's issues or whatever. But he'll be there changing the boys' uh, nappies. He he does almost everything. And to me, it's, it's it's a plus to say whilst we are worried about our young couples, something good is happening. When they talk of paternity leave, they actually do the right thing because they look after their children. Gone are the days where, as a grandmother, I've got to to become <laughs> to become a, a new mother taking care of a baby because I've actually forgotten. Mm-hmm. So when what I see, it's 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 almost, you know. And and with the work that you do currently. Um, I know most of it is township based, so it's, it's, it's inner city based. Um, what have you seen as, as also kind of shining lights of some of, with older women? Because another thing is, as a young person, you may be just starting out and so you work in a particular way, but going with older women where the roles have always been entrenched and they've always been stereotyped to, to undo the, the the bad foundations, as it were. What what kind of work do you do in that space? I'm currently involved in labor rights for women. It's an initiative from I took. It's an international uh, trade union movement where the four federations in the country have come together under one roof: labor rights for women. So we deal with issues like gender-based violence, you know, empowering of women. And to me, I've seen it doing such great work where we meet with ordinary women on the ground, women from the universities, you know, all sectors, and we are able to dialogue. And to me, I see the gap of us and them narrowing because we we begin to understand how you view Things as young as young people. Cliffcentral.com. Keeping it real. Cliffcentral.com. Yep, we're keeping it real. We're talking women's issues. This past Sunday was International Women's Day, and we're talking about gender parity. We're talking about equal rights for women and men in the workplace, in in society, and, and we're talking about the gains that we've made. It's been 20 years since the Beijing Summit, which is globally viewed as a, a landmark victory, as it were, for women's rights. Because at that summit in 1995, a declaration was made and adopted by the UN that women's rights were actually human rights. And I've got with me in the studio a gender activist, Mama Melita Marimba, who's talking to us about what gains have we made in South Africa. I'm Pumima Shekho, and you can join us in this conversation. If you want to share, share your experience with us. If you want to share your thoughts, you want to ask a question, you can phone us directly into the studio on 0861-555-189, or you can catch us and hit us up on Twitter at cliffcentral.com or at Pumima Shekho 1, on Instagram, on Facebook, on our WeChat ID. And we would love to hear your story. If you don't know about Beijing, if you know about Beijing and you were like me, 15 years old, what did you think then? Share your stories with us. It's 1232 and we're talking about in the workplace. 
which is one of the the clips that's also made huge, huge waves on the the social networks, was Patricia Arquette when she picked up that Oscar. And she suddenly, in her thank you speech, said, it's time for women to get equal pay as men. And, and it was, it, it, ma- it made news. It made news everywhere and everybody. And you can see on the, you can see if you were watching the Oscars, you could see Meryl Streep and J-Lo and all the women in the audience cheering her on. But just also some of the statistics. I mean, it's no surprise that all over the world, women still hold very few senior positions, CEO positions. And in fact, when they do hold those positions, it's, it's news. It's got talkability. But just some interesting statistics to share about women running Africa. In Africa, we've got two Africa, we've got two women presidents. We've got eight justice ministers. We've got 285 women in high ranking positions in their governments. Um, Uganda has the highest number of females in high ranking government positions. There are four bank governors in Africa that are women and seven ministers responsible for science and technology. The science and technology one was very interesting for me because again, it's a, it's a role that everybody kind of thinks men do that. Men should be in charge of science and technology. And there are seven ministers in Africa that hold those portfolios and nine who are responsible for youth affairs. Just some news on who, which women are running Africa. Mama, we were talking before we went to Shaka Khan, talking about every woman, about labor and labor rights for women, the program that you're currently working on. When you were at the union, at the gender desk, you must have had some very interesting stories come to you. What are some of the ones that, that stick out in your mind of, of what people were experiencing when it comes to inequality in the workplace? Yeah, one of the issues here is the issue of patriarchy. Where patriarchy. It's a big word. I had to it think is, about it. it. I, I need to, yeah, when you, you must know, I need to, you know, Guti, it's the township comes back and you're like, Kana, what does that word mean? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got yeah. it. So, Women, the issue of time for meetings had to change. But because in the leadership you would have 60-70% of men, they wouldn't care a damn about whether women would be present in the meetings or not. So they would deal with serious issues where women would be home because they would rush to go and take their children from school or from from kindergarten. So it it, it has been a a, a very problematic issue to make sure that women were brought in the fold. So in the labor market, we had to come up with strategies as as, as, as a gender chairperson to make sure that in every sitting, women must also be present. But again, looking at the women to say, can we just be in a meeting maybe on a Saturday? Again, it would be a problem. Women would want to go and do their house chores, to clean their houses and to do their laundries. So it, 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 it became very problematic. But with, 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 with the passion that we had, we had to nest the situation and say, but ladies, without you, we cannot 
breakthrough. And I think one, one of the things that even in that um, in Davos in the, on that panel, Unilever is one of the companies that sticks out very much. And a lot of companies have made lots of headway, kind of having crashes on site. So if you have a child, you can bring your child to work and at lunch you can see the child. Um, and also if you need to work late, you know, so a lot of companies have come into the space and, and made those opportunities available for women. And that brings to mind the support networks. How, how important is it that women have solid support networks, single mothers even, even if they're married, just the support structure of having all the people around you to be able to help you so that you can continue to succeed in the workplace. Education here is very key. You know, when you talk about labor issues, it's a question of, wow, well, you talk of unions. They always strike for their, for pay, and all other things. But forgetting that besides us negotiating for our pay, because it, it is also key, the issue of empowerment that we get from the, from the unions is very key. Where women must be able to sit around and dis- discuss their problems, their issues, and we are able to, to have that kind of network. Mama, when you say discuss their issues and be able to resolve them, in the discussions that you've been involved in, what are some of the issues that have been particularly hard to resolve towards lead, towards some kind of parity, gender parity in the workplace? The, gen, the issue of gender-based violence, sexual harassment. You know, women will come into the workplace with all those issues, but having put on a makeup to say all is well when all is not well. So how to break through and say to a woman, you cannot be putting on your dark glasses all the time and pretending as if nothing has happened. And yet you come from a very abusive relationship. Can you come forward and let us talk? So it it, it is that issue again where a woman was in a workshop last night or last weekend and because of the workshop, she got beaten up. So we, 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 we lose in, in the, in, in the, in the interim, we lose a lot of potential from young women. So it's, 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 it's a struggle, but we are not going to get tired and we didn't get tired. And sexual harassment? Sexual harassment, the issue of, you've heard that she has climbed the ladder. She's up there because of slipping her way up. And sexual harassment has been happening where young women came into, in, 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 into uh, companies and they were promised a lot of good things by elderly men who would take advantage of their vulnerability. So it is the question of us saying, you can go up there without slipping your way through. So those are some of the issues that we deal with in trade unions, in unions, to make sure that women are taken care of and how do you deal so how do you deal with the matter like like sexual harassment in the workplace i mean there are two types of it there's there's one that's the very blatant you have to sleep with me to get the raise but there's also kind of very suggestive 
talk or uncomfortable positions to be in. How how can I, as a woman in that environment, if I'm not protected by a union, how can I, as a woman in that situation, um, break out of that situation? That is one of, 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 of the problems that we've, we are faced with. To say if women are in the union, we are able to protect them. But we still say to people on the shop floor, as you recruit membership into the union, make sure that you, 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 you give a lot of education in terms of sexual harassment, in terms of self-reliance, in, self, in terms of making decisions so that the young woman or the young worker will be able to see the importance of belonging to a union. Do you think that there will ever come a time when men earn the same as women or when women earn the same as men? I read a thing about two weeks ago that if women only worked up until their salaries covered them in in respect to men, all women would stop working in August. Because we only, that's how much we get paid as compared to men. Yes. So we, we have a good, almost four months difference between what a woman earns and what a man earns. Do you think the time will come when we've got the same amount of pay as men? In my, in, in my opinion, I'm very optimistic that it will happen with the struggle that we are faced with and working together as both men and women. That is possible. So our wonderful Duncan has found us the clip of uh, Patricia Kitt. And and for me, I think one of the things when, I don't know if everybody's heard this, but when she... To every taxpayer and citizen of this nation, we have fought for everybody else's equal rights. It's our time to have wage equality once and for all and equal rights for women in the United States of America. When I heard that, when I saw Patricia Arquette and when I saw Meryl Streep and Jay Lowe all getting up and applauding, you can hear the whole room is applauding. Yeah. And I, th- I thought to myself, this is America. Even in America, even in the movies, there, there, there's no gender parity when it comes to how women earn and how men earn. And I thought, oh, my goodness, if they can't get it right in America, will we ever get it right in this country? But I think some of the things, and as we were talking earlier and just reading through everything that I've been reading, a lot of the quotas that have been put in place give women the opportunity to demand their rights. But sometimes you get victimized. So you get victimized in two places. You get victimized at home, like the young woman you were talking about who went to a meeting, and when she comes back, the partner doesn't understand. Or you get victimized at work to say, how do you know? How do you know that Smangmang ends more than you because those things are supposed to be kept a secret. Is there anything legislated? Is there anywhere one can go to, to, to read up more and understand a little bit more about what, what opportunities you have to back yourself up in the workplace when you're fighting? I think there is because through labor rights for women, we are also dealing with the, they call it wage gap and Information is there for everyone to access. So I think, as I said, education is key. Mm. Those are the issues that we want to to make sure that 
information gets to the people out there. The information has got to get to the people out there. We're talking women's equality. We're talking gender parity. We're talking International Women's Day. And I'm talking to Mama uh, Melita, who is a gender activist. And I always like that. Not feminist gender activist. It's about the equality between men and women because we need each other. And I think one of the things that we probably have a, a lot of, one, one of the things that a lot of women come against when they are seen as, and I read a quote by Maya Angelou that says, I don't know what a feminist is. Mm-hmm. All I know is that every time I try and stand up for myself, every time I refuse for somebody to treat me like a doormat, I'm called a feminist. And that kind of um, got me thinking. One of the songs that I really thought, today I'm definitely playing this. It's an oldie, but it's a good one. It's Alanis Morissette. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Damn straight, I'm keeping it real today. I'm playing every single one of the girl power hits that I can think of. Because today I'm talking about women empowerment. I'm talking about women's power and this show. That's what this show is all about. It's all about womanla. It's about the mandla in the woman. And definitely, um, I've got Mama Melita here in the studio and we're talking about all the gains that have been made in South Africa in particular when it comes to moving forward from the declarations that were made 20 years ago, Beijing, 20 years ago this year, September to be exact, September, yeah, September this year, 20 years that the UN actually signed and adopted, every member country of the UN signed and adopted a declaration that says all women's rights are human rights. And that's what we're talking about today. You want to talk about mentorship. So we've spoken a lot about education. We've spoken about in the workplace. We've spoken about in our society. But every day. Every day, women are finding themselves in compromised positions. Every day, women are finding themselves where their rights are being trampled on. And a lot of that is not because people don't know the rights that women have, but simply because the woman does not have the confidence. So you want to talk about mentorship in place for young women, or old women, all women actually, that need it. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm actually worried about consistency in our lives. You know, I'm thinking of all the women who were in Beijing in 1995 and my question is, where are they now? What impact have they made in their own communities in trying to mentor the young women? Because I I was so surprised this past Sunday when I went to the women's International Women's Day celebrations. So in Gauteng, it was in celebrated Gauteng, at, at Walter Sisulu Square. Square. Just around the place where I am, I saw women going to church. And I was like, we go to church every Sunday. But just this Sunday. And to realize that women were not even aware of the International Women's Day. They only uh, know of National Women's Day. And I said, education is required here. So I started making sure that we need to share the information that we have. Mm-hmm. Because ignorance, it's folly. Mm. So we need to break that and start talking about serious issues. So in mentoring, 
I'm looking at the, the information that one has and many other women have. And this age. is not necessarily a formal kind of every week I go and talk to some person or once a month formal, but just information sharing just with your girlfriends, exactly. on your social networks, with your, you know, with, with the women around you in your workplace, in your social circle. Exactly. So this is one thing that I feel I'm passionate at to make sure that we share the information that we have for the sake of our country, for the sake of our young women. You know, gone are the days where a child, a young girl would be saying, my mentor is Oprah Winfrey. And yet you're staying with your own mother who is a gender activist. What am I doing to assist my 20-year-old girl, my born-free girl? So it's very, impo it's very important mm -hmm. for us to start thinking very seriously around the issue of mentorship and we must walk our talks. For you, Mama Melita, what in your personal life, in your personal capacity, what has been your most empowering experience when it comes to equality? I was involved in a task team set by the then Minister of Education, uh, Professor Busiso Bengu. It was gender equity task team. I sat in the team and we worked for some, we were supposed to complete the task in four months, but it took us 14 months. We traveled the round, around the, the country talking about issues of gender equality to mainstream gender in the classroom. So the report is there to me. It's, 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 it was an achievement and it made me think deeper as a gender activist to make sure that we mainstream gender at all levels. Mm. See, now I see you. I've got my phone on and, and tweets are coming in and I'm like, I forgot to put it on silence. Sorry, Duncan. He's giving me the evil eye from the other side of the class. But Sorry. I think, thank, thank you for coming to share with us. Thank you for coming to share your experience with us. And I think one of the things for me as a young feminist is definitely in the space of looking at older women who've walked this path to mm -hmm. say, what have they gotten right? And what, what, have, what do, in my opinion, have they gotten wrong? So I'm going to ask you this. What do you think you, as a gender activist, have gotten right? Have gotten right. Yeah. What did you get right? In the years that you've been in this struggle, what have you gotten right? In the year that has been, that I've been in the struggle is that I never had an idea of quitting. Even when the going got tough, I hang in there and I said, I have a goal and I am going to achieve it. And what do you think that all young women coming up in their careers, in their families, in their communities, what do you think is the one thing that if we did consistently, it would begin to turn the tide against um, women being treated in Inequally, unequally. I don't know what that word is. Yeah. The issue of being a confident woman. You know, when you are confident, you don't fear any challenge that comes your way. But that can only happen when you have empowerment, when you are confident about, be confident in your own skin. You wouldn't want to be like somebody else. 
but be yourself because you are unique. God created you as an individual with with all your u- uniqueness. Believe in yourself. Confidence in every step. In every step, my dear. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming to chat with us on Mumandla today. I, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. And I think for me, more than anything, I don't think I've ever told you this in all the years that I've known you. But for me, it's always been about seeing the, the person that you are and living the way that you live without. And when you say confidence, it, it strikes a chord with me because that's it. In a time when women were, women, black women in particular were less than less. That's, you've always walked that walk. You've always talked that talk. And that's for that I'm grateful. And thank you for coming to share with, with me. Thank you for coming to share with me today. And thank you very much. I've learned so much again from you guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> and before, before I go, the very last thing, and I've got this blown up on my wall. One of my favorite actresses. Betty White. I've got this blown up on my wall in the office and it says, why do people say, you know how everybody always says grow some balls? Why do people say grow balls? Balls are weak and sensitive. If you really want to get tough, grow a vagina because those things take a pounding. So girls, this week, as you walk out there in the world confidently, this week, be the woman that you were always meant to be. You're tougher than those balls because you have got a vagina. I'm Pumima Shekho and you've been listening to Womanza.